The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But I'm really looking forward to my next guest because Daniel Whiffen is with me in studio, uh, the two-time world swimming champion. He brought his medals with him as well. Uh, Daniel, listen, it's great to see you. Uh, congratulations again. Yeah, thank you very much. Great to be here. Um, so, I mean, I, I love when, when when I meet someone like yourself who's been successful on the global stage and they bring their medals. There's just there's such heft in them. Yeah. <laughs> there's such a weighty medal. Those of us who kind of maybe peaked at community games level, uh, we, we, uh, you know, I think really appreciate it. I mean, how does it feel getting introduced still now as a kind of a double world champion? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty surreal. Obviously, uh, it's only been a week really since I became double world champion, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just happy with the results and um, yeah, I'm ready to start the Olympic cycle now. So, yeah, wh- where are you? You've just come off the back of those kind of long course uh, world championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Olympics in Paris in in the summer. Are you kind of in a bit of a, a kind of a low now for a week, a week off? Is that it? Yeah, so week off this week. It's like a reset week, reset like your head and whatever, getting ready for Paris. And then uh, next week, a week back in Loughborough University and then off to the altitude up the mountains getting some hard work done up there. So tell me how altitude training works for a swimmer. So you like... To be indoors in a pool now, you'd have to yeah. forgive my naivety. Yeah, so you go up this mountain, it's about 2,100 metres above sea level. Yeah. And basically it's just really hard to breathe and then when you're in a pool it makes it even harder to breathe. And um, the aim of the game is to... Um, be up there for about roughly three weeks we're going for four and when you come back down obviously you get a lot more oxygen when you come down from the mountain and then you produce way more red blood cells so then more oxygen in your blood you go you go faster oh wow okay so that's the plan so you'll be coming back from Arizona then a month after four weeks after that um, and then uh, and then what what is on the horizon are there any events um, between now and, and the Olympics in Paris yeah so I'll be competing at the Irish Olympic trials in the NAC in Dublin so uh, that'll be the next big competition. I won't be wrestling or anything for it. I'm going there really to support my brother. Yeah, because your brother, I mean, has a, a chance of Olympic qualification as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hopeful that he's going to qualify. That's one of my goals is to go on an Olympic team with my uh, twin brother. So I'll be looking forward to it. I mean, that it would be a remarkable success, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, to have kind of twin brothers on an Olympic um, team. I mean, do you suspect kind of growing up that like that that competition? How helpful was it for you? Yeah, it's so helpful. I mean, we, even today, it's really helpful because, uh, well, when we were younger, obviously we we did actually do different strokes because we used to fight too much, so my parents used to have to separate. Oh, really? <laughs> but now Nathan's just switched to distance freestyle. We train all the time together, and we really push each other. I think it's a lot different when your brother's training beside you, and he can get under your skin and really push you harder than anybody else could. So you, you mentioned kind of your folks splitting you up then from fighting too much. Remind us of the family background. So you were born in the UK and then moved back here quite young. Was that yeah, it? so I was born in the UK in England and then I moved back when I was one. one. And uh, yeah, I moved to just County Armagh and I've been living there ever since until I moved to university. And what age were you when you started swimming? Uh, so I started, I've been swimming ever since I was born, really, at three months old. My parents told me I was in the water loving it, but competitively swimming 12. Okay. And w- w- like even at that young age, and, and maybe it was hard for you to to, to, to realise this at the time, but you might have got a sense of it, like talking to people or even your own parents who are recollecting it. Well, like at age 12, 
were they kind of marking you out, maybe not for greatness, but for maybe going somewhere? Did they think, listen, Daniel and Nate, the, the, the two lads are really know what they're doing? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, no. Um, <laughs> right, OK. I, I wasn't actually very good at all when I was younger. Uh, but my, uh, I, I can't, I've actually got my physiologist who works with me now, who's in Loughborough, he, he's been working with me ever since I was 14. He always told me that I was never going to be better than national level. Uh, I can throw it back in his face now. Yeah. And why was it just was was it physiology? I mean, was it kind of the build of your body, or what? 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 What was the problem? I think I just he said I didn't. I, I just think people didn't seem to think my technique wasn't very good. My physiology wasn't like outstandingly great, but uh, I think I just I think the, the difference between me and others, which maybe they didn't see, was that I had that willingness that I wanted to put everything into it and that. I really wanted to win. So what? What is? What's that like? I'm always amazed, you know, around the time of of the Olympics and uh, uh, kind of when uh, people are looking for copy for newspapers that they they'll put in kind of the daily routine or the daily diet of said Olympian, be they kind of a swimmer or a track and field athlete or somebody else. So what what is your daily routine when you're at peak training? Peak training. So we get up at about five forty five in the morning. Uh, then train. From I'm already out, Daniel. I'm already, I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> we train six forty-five to eight forty-five. Do about eight thousand meters, and then in the gym for an hour and a half straight away. Uh, not doing like we don't. I don't heavy lift because I'm a distance athlete. So we're talking body weight, maybe a couple of trap bar deadlifts, something like that. I don't know. And then uh, university lectures because I'm still studying. Uh, I have one about at least one of them a day. Uh, for two hours and then we train again in the evening from oh God, the poor put upon university students one lecture a day <laughs> anyway anyway that's a different conversation <laughs> go on anyway after uh, your lecture and then we go and then well, obviously I'd eat in between all this but uh, we have an hour six to eight session in the evening another eight thousand meters so and uh, yeah and then I probably have to try getting about seven thousand calories in on the day too. so I just eight thousand meters uh, how many lengths of that is that of your kind of standard 25 meter pool I need to actually know this because I actually haven't, I don't really know well 40 so 320 yeah yeah 320 yeah because I just most people listening to this think of swimming in terms of how many lengths of the local pool so yeah. 320 odd lengths yeah. in the morning and then again in the evening yeah Gym session, it's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. How many calories are you consuming a day when you're yeah. at peak training? At least 7,000. Wow. How many meals do you have a day then? We I are, mean, you couldn't sit down and have kind of two, three and a half thousand calorie meals, could you? I assume you have to spread it out. No, well, I have the three main meals and then I snack quite heavily, I guess, in between. And obviously I'll have, I'll have to take the calories in while I'm swimming as well because you lose them quite fast. Okay, so what, how, like you'll have little breaks, you'll have food at the end of the, yeah. uh, the pool. Well, so we you normally to... have like carbohydrate gels and stuff like that we have in sessions. Stuff oh, like those that. awful, awful gels. You're probably used to them at this stage. Yeah. You don't even taste them. No, they taste quite nice now. I think they've, uh, I don't know, I just get the cola flavoured ones, all right. Yeah, okay. So listen, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the real heavy training? Yeah, I actually always say that I could train every day the rest of my life and never race again. I love it. You really? Yeah, I way prefer training. I think I think it's more fun, and I just enjoy getting in the pool every morning. So tell me then about the race day experience. Um, are you somebody who gets nervous? Do you get excited? I mean, when when for you are you kind of in the zone, as it were? Uh, yeah, I I think I get nervous. Yeah, I think everybody would get nervous. I think you need those nerves to kind of race fast. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're talking just like standard race day, obviously. Uh, you've got to do your warm-up and then you go into the call room. The call room's definitely the worst part about racing. 
you're talking like uh, sitting in there for like 20 minutes before your race. Everybody's in the same place who you're racing against. Yeah. Everybody's staring each other out. And um, then you've got to walk out onto the stage and race. But I try to do my own little thing in the core. Do you have your headphones on? Yeah. yeah what for, are you listening to? Uh, you're listening to the Hard Shoulder podcasts. I, you've already told me that off air. <laughs> so that's fine. We have an exclusive there. But when you're not listening to podcasts of me, what are you listening to? I, I like country music, to be honest. Wow, okay. <laughs> I All like right. to be chilled out. Okay. You listen to Beyonce's new album? Yeah, I have something else. <laughs> All right, okay. So are, are there people in the call room who are kind of actively trying, you say kind of trying to psych each other out, would they be kind of looking you down, staring you down, trying to get you out of your comfort zone? Yeah, 100%. Shouldering you, jumping in front of you. Oh, really? Seen, Banging into you? You've seen the famous quote of Michael Phelps and Chad Leclerc shadow boxing in the call room. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. It happens all the time, but... Uh, what I like to do is I like to sit in the corner not make eye contact with anybody and then I, I do I give a good walkout when I go out to the race um, are there people who are there chatterboxes are there people who try and engage with you yeah. you know and talk to you yeah. I used to be that person oh really <laughs> but I've stopped now because asking nobody people for their to, country no, music album recommendations yeah, nobody wanted to talk to me at the chorus <laughs> <laughs> I've learned to I've learned just to put my headphones on <laughs> and when you get out onto kind of poolside out onto the deck it, like at that moment I mean are you kind of conscious of, of the crowd of what is happening does the music come off do you soak it because I've spoken you know you speak to some athletes and you know, some of them say there's kind of, I always take a moment there to have a look around and soak up the atmosphere. Others, complete opposite end of the spectrum. They're just looking at the water or the track in front of them. I wonder what, what, what your view is. Uh, well, as soon as I walk out, I'll uh, be, all, well, when I'm in the courtroom at the very end, I'll be thinking about my walkout. I like to do funny things. Like at the World Championships, <laughs> I just brought out the phone and everybody said I was dialing in the win when I brought the phone out and stuff like that. But, so I think about that and as soon as I... Is that when you decide what you're going to do in the call room? No, no, no. no. Oh, you have a plan. Yeah, me and my twin, we, um, brother Nathan, we, bring, <laughs> we choreograph we choreograph, we choreograph these things bef- the night before what's going to happen. Oh, brilliant. Okay, sorry. Anyway, I interrupted you. So you, you've got, you've, 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 you've your bit of choreography done yeah, yeah. Um, and you walk out, then what? Then uh, I take tip of clothes off, whatever, and then in the zone, getting ready to race, step on the blocks, and we jump in. I'm not really listening to the crowd. To ask, half the time I don't even hear anything. I walk out, you know, so focused on making sure I don't trip or something like that towards yeah. the block or just getting on the block ready to race. I don't hear anything. And then in the race, um, I think it really depends on the race, especially in, when I broke the world record in December, all I could hear was the crowd in that race. And it re- when you hear the crowd, you know you're going fast and, uh, it kind of spurs you on. So. Yeah, I often wonder watching swimming whether or, or how strange it is like when it, when there's kind of a particular cacophony like a really loud crowd whether there's kind of can it be a bit discombobulating when your head is in the water I guess there's a kind of a moment of mm-hmm. kind of I wouldn't say serenity given how hard you're pushing yourself but things go quiet. It's yeah. kind of it's constantly kind of being punctuated then as you take a breath by chaos. <laughs> yeah, it is. So you obviously you don't hear it when your head's under the water turn around to go breath to the side and then you just get like deafened kind of but yeah but it, I mean it, it's pretty cool I guess because you got these I don't know 10,000 people cheering for you especially if you're winning so and are you somebody who who views the race as a race against yourself 
You know what I mean? I, I, that I have my own plan that I have to follow. Or again, you know, because different athletes have different views. Others, they, they feed off the person in the lane beside them. They want they want to race. Like the, the classic thing of the horse, you know, there's certain horses have yeah. to kind of, they have to be beside another horse uh, to feel that they're racing them. What, what, what's your approach? Um, so uh, I used to be the summer who sums up other people, but uh, this World Championships, I really just wanted to focus it on myself and do my own race plan and, I mean, it seems to work out. So I found. Well, you're a double world champion. So, (laughs) I mean, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So, this, yeah, I just really focused in on my own race plan and didn't really care what everybody else was going to do. I just knew my race plan was going to take me to the gold. Yeah. Do you think, though, you might be conscious if, as you were looking to the side and taking your breath, what you were seeing was not open water, but maybe kind of the paddling feet of the uh, swimmer beside you? Well, I'll tell you, in the 800 final uh, at the World Championships, I was the guy beside me was out two body lamps ahead of me to the 400 metres. And then I just started climbing them back and uh, caught them within 100 metres. And then... Uh, just went my way on. Yeah, well, listen, it, it's just, it's hugely exciting, I think, in this country, whenever we have a, a medal prospect uh, before an Olympics, when we get world champions, uh, uh, be they in any sport, uh, particularly a sport as popular around the world as swimming. So I know lots of people hugely proud. Elizabeth's after getting in touch. Tell your incredible guest, we're so, so proud of his achievements and we wish him all success in the Olympics. An amazing athlete. And that's just one of the texts, loads of them flooding in. Uh, Daniel making the same point. Listen, thanks a million for joining us. Thank you. And we wish you the absolute best of luck with the altitude training and uh, at the uh, uh, National Aquatic Centre as well. We wish your brother luck and uh, listen, hopefully we'll see you at the Olympics. I I will be over there myself uh, having a look. Uh, So I'll try and get my hands on a swimming uh, ticket as well. There's usually a few tickets floating around if you know where to look. Uh, Daniel, I should say the two-time world champion, he is a PTSB Team Ireland ambassador and he's in Dublin today following those world championships success in Doha. Um, The County Down native, he is one Ireland first ever World Aquatics Championship gold medal. PTSB are the proud title sponsor of Team Ireland for the Olympic Games and the Paralympic Games upcoming Paris 2024. Uh, Daniel Whiffen, thank you again. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.